you're just full of you're full of like sort of feistiness today. You know that you're like you're like just waiting to pounce on me. I can feel it. I'm gonna be good. Why is that? When am I not like that? Okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay. Okay. Trying to be more no nonsense this morning. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary place. Today's topic, Bob is going to pronounce the words, the title, because I'm sure I will fumble them. It is, I'd like to call it Josh, Joshua. Oh, okay. The reciprocal conundrum wow okay now what the hell that means that, I don't that was my that. next question <laughs> as no, a, a I, listener turning in what the hell are bob and josh talking about if, so it and i was trying to articulate it uh to you before we start recording it it's i think there's i think people in agile transformations there can be too heavy of a lineage towards the team mm-hmm and protecting the team in, in more principled lineage. So we should be transparent. Oh, but the team doesn't feel comfortable being transparent to leaders. So they're not going to be transparent. So to me, that's an indication that we're leaning too heavily towards the principles, towards the team, mm-hmm. or you can be leaning toward too heavily towards leadership, right? Like I will micromanage that. I don't give a stink. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care about what self, you know, self-directed teams, I'm still going to micromanage. So now we're leaning too far, too heavily into leaders and at the jeopardy of the team. I think both of those stances can be, are, are actually sort of anti-patterns. Finding the balance, I think, is, is a real sort of challenge sometimes, though. Like I see a lot of folks who lean one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. And, and what that, does and so that's the that's the you know sort of the conundrum is yeah. how, how do we how do we create a I think the answer might be having a reciprocal for every time we lean to the team this is simplistic mm-hmm. but for every action we take there should be an equal and opposite reaction we're going to respect the team cool no problem with that what are we doing to respect the leaders we're going to respect the leaders cool no problem with that what are we doing to respect the teams. Right. How does that resonate with you? So that reciprocity, you like that? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Did that? Are you okay? Do you, took, need, it, do you need? Do you need an ice pack or something? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, it was well played. It was well, well done. The reciprocity that you defined is balance, mm-hmm. and that really is the missing piece: is a willingness to maintain the balance. And I agree most people, and I've been very guilty of this at times. I don't know a better word than overvalue, but overvalue the team versus whatever else is happening because it's like, Oh, if we get that right, magic happens. But if you don't maintain that balance and the balance will change and evolve over time, then you never get there as an organization. You might get there as one team or one squad or whatever name that you're using, you might get there, but it's not plugging in effectively to the rest of the organization right. as well as it, sh- as it should be. I mean, one of the things that when I was at I contact, I mean, 
as I was thinking about this the other day, and it was related to a coach, as I shared with you, a coaching conversation mm -hmm. or an engagement or, or an interaction, but it made me think about this balancing act. So my tendency, I think in general, and, and I think all of us should understand our bias. Mm -hmm. My bias is towards the team. Same here. And yours, I think, is bias is towards, you know, I have a bias towards the team. But what I did at I contact, and I, I never thought about it un, until just this time, is I, because I have such a strong leadership background too, I was empathetic to leaders. Mm -hmm. So I had lineage to the team, but I didn't starve. Like, like for example, planning. Teams get really anxious about planning. Mm -hmm. And they and estimates, commitments, and things like that. So I would protect that from the team but I would argue with the team and say, we have to, I wouldn't accept from the team, we can't present anything to leaders. Right. I'd be like, no, we have to. So I had lineage to the team in planning and support and really managing like the ambiguity. But at the same time, it wasn't an option to go silent. Yeah. It wasn't an option. And, and, that, and I created tension with the team because I would like be pulling you know, it's sort of, yes, I lean into you, but we have to do something for the leaders. We can't starve them. So that's an example of that balance. Like, like for, I guess it would be estimate mm -hmm. or forecasting balance or planning balance right. where, yeah. um, and so, yeah, like, so my, what is it? Reciprocity. Yeah. My reciprocity or my lineage is towards, is towards leaders, meaning I'm protecting the team and then I have to pull myself away. Mm -hmm. And, and be empathetic to what what does the leadership team, myself included, need to see. Right. I definitely have been heavy on the team side and moving up, air quotes, in my career has allowed me to more effectively understand why all that stuff matters to the business leaders, all of that. So what I've tried to do is very much like we try to have our engineers understand the problems their customers are having and really yeah. connect with that problem. I try and connect them with all the other stuff that happens within the business based on the work that we generate and how that starts the machine of everything that goes into the larger company planning, sales, marketing, all of that stuff, really understanding that we are the tip of the spear as all of that happens and so much of the company especially as a product-based company is dependent upon us and yeah. forcing them to fly blind we're not being good teammates exactly i i think i've played the same thing it's what i would call the empathy card mm -hmm. the business empathy the leadership empathy the customer empathy right right the outside world you can't it's particularly it's always important it's particularly important for like publicly you know traded companies and things i mean Companies that have board of directors and yeah. things like that, companies that are making commitments and estimates on growth and things, you can't, I mean, the whole agile will know it when we see it thing, right? That absolute sort of opaque screen across the team doesn't work. It, mm -hmm. does, it doesn't fly. One of the, one of the reasons I, I do it too, is I think it's part of it's my job to one, build the team, a broader view to the team, but I think it's. Like I could have made friends with the teams mm -hmm. or whatever. I could have been balanced more to the team. and But I'm doing them. It's a short-term friend, long-term, right. you're out of a job. Yeah. Sort of. I'm not doing them. I'm not necessarily doing them a service sometimes by allowing 
some of these principles to be so skewed or mm -hmm. out of balance, right? So part of it is, so I'm serving the team by pulling them out. So I'm serving the client, but I think I'm serving the best interests as long as I maintain the right balance, the team, right? That's actually what motivates me as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the life of a coach. A good coach isn't going to tell you what you want to hear every yeah. time. They will recognize and understand the potential you have and push you often uncomfortably in directions that are yeah. needed for you to take that next step. So there are times when as a leader, you have to be the bad guy or whatever it sounds like or looks like to challenge the team and push them to do different or better. I do think there's a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of coaches or a lot of organizations that they let the inmates run the asylum. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, they, the teams themselves want to lean into the team side of the balance. Maybe it's legacy. Like historically there's been bad behavior, bad leadership. There's a or people have brought it from other companies mm -hmm. or whatnot, but mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot that's not agile. Right. You said we were going to be agile. So there, it's, it can be pretty confrontational. You probably yeah. see it at yep. a team level. I think you really have to step up. It, it requires courage. So this is the courage to look your team in the eye and pull them, right? To under, again, not rip their souls out, not be malicious and not be too skewed to the other side, but to really sort of pull them out of that. Right. And it's not easy. Mm -mm. It's it's really not easy. The right. Metacaster is the conversation I'm having as I was, you know, I have a coaching situation and I, I think... I think the leaders and the coaches are leaning too heavily to the team, and and on the surface that sounds well. How can how, how can that be a bad thing? And it's not bad as long as you like pull back to balance. Mm -hmm. But they're not pulling back to balance. Yeah, like from a forecasting perspective, and, and you really need to sense that and, and sort of maybe challenge the teams. What are some examples? Do you think of like the skew? So we were talking about planning. Estimation and planning is like, you can either do it, you can be opaque or you can be transparent with it. Mm -hmm. Are there other things I, you can think of? I see a lot around quality. I, I, I love our Medicast because no it's was said, that where your brain was going that's where my brain was yeah. in quality yeah. my brain had a cue in it it's yeah. just like i it scares me metacasters how sync in sync we are sometimes like really scares me it is it's weird Go i ahead, am quality. equally uncomfortable yeah, exactly <laughs> uh really great quality is really freaking hard and there are so many times where engineers view something as good enough, especially when they aren't really connected with the consumers of their product and uh, how yeah. allowing this thing to live in a world, even though there's a workaround and then we ask customers to do that 750 times a week, but there's a workaround. Um, not really understanding that there's, there's this disconnect that a lot of the work that we do is to try and connect our engineering teams with the customer so they feel they understand that pain but then there is the field facing teams or executives that are always talking to customers yep. and it's hard to understand that we said this is okay we're like yep we looked at that and we've decided it's okay yep. to put our customers through that so 
that's one of those things that you have to work really hard on the connection with. And then you have to work really hard to actually deliver against that. And that can take you away from the features that you want. It's like, how do you figure out that real balance of the work that you do? Or do you stop all feature work and fix the bugs? And then how much work do you have to do to maintain the quality standard that we've decided is who we're going to be as a product company? Well, there's the customer connection side. There's also the, you know, and this comes from leaders, I think, amplifying it, like balancing towards the team. Do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like empowering the team. Not empowering does, is, is the wrong word. Like messaging, this, like making the strategy and making the vision. Like we will do it right the first time. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take us forever. Right. So if it's an MVP, it's the right MVP. We're not going to do crappy work. If we're doing a prototype, well, even then we're going to be proud. We're going to try to be proud of our work, right? Right. And if the team, I used to have a, a, a thing I said to teams all the time was, I want you to wake up in the morning proud of what you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. Every day, I want, when you look in the mirror in the morning. Yeah. I want you to be proud of the work of the professional work that you did the previous day. And if you're not proud of the work, then we have a quality problem or we, you compromise something Mm -hmm. and we need to not do that today. Right. Going forward. Yeah. Then the other side of that coin is to me, achieving that requires a real focus on the craft. Yeah. On the craft of like, like you think of a craftsman, craftswoman, craftsperson. Yes. Right. That it, there is real intention around becoming great at the thing that they're doing. Oftentimes leaders or companies aren't willing to pay for those great crafts people. Correct. So they want to pay less yet expect the same from somebody that just hasn't had as many at bats. Well, pay for the experience or even not give them the time. Right. It was like, remember Norm, as you were talking about craft, I was, there was, what was that car, famous carpenter, Norm, the carpenter, he was in this old house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember? And then he had his own show and mm-hmm. in each show he would build a piece of furniture. Yeah. It's worth, it was worthwhile. I'm not, I'm a slate woodworker, but it was worthwhile looking at how he, the craft he took mm-hmm. into building, like just even selecting, like when he would glue boards together, he was considerate of the grain. Right. Right. And matching grain and stuff. I mean, me, you know, under certain conditions, I'm just going to slap that yeah, stuff together right, exactly. and, and then glue it and we're done. Yep. <laughs> we're done here. But he was, he was thoughtful about it, but you, it, it's, it's skill, but also, it, also I think it's time. It's mm-hmm. balancing into and trust, right? They're your craftspeople. So they're going to, they're going to tell you how much time they need to do a good job. Right. I love that metaphor. I, I, I like the crafts. Well, I've heard that before. But it would be nice. It's nice to have like a like a norm vision or go to another discipline and look at what you know, look at how they do things Mm -hmm. and then bring it back to the mindset in our teams. Welcome to our diversity inclusion minutes. Hey, y'all. Bob is flying in. He's like the Kool-Aid man. Kick the door open. So good news for me. Uh, Someone who's in my moose herd sent something to me and Joel. And Joel was talking about at his company, his small consulting company. They have they are working on diversity and inclusion. They have someone who's that's their role oh, in nice. the company, yeah. a part time. It's a fifteen person company, and and he was almost excusing it, say we're so small that we are not investing. I'm like, 
you know, there's 100,000 member companies who aren't investing. So right. if you're investing something. So, and he was reacting to our challenge. Nice. So this was a response to our challenge. He's like, damn it, Skippy. We're doing something about it. And I'm proud of it. Joel, you're the best. You are the best, Joel. And I'm doing that to really spite all the other listeners and like, well, dang it, I want to be the yes. best. Then be the best yes. and send us stuff, do stuff, let us know. Cool. Because that's the challenge. Remember, what can you do to do make something. a difference? Do something. Do something. Yes. Take take some action. Stop slapping your gums together. <laughs> that's our job. <laughs> exactly. My job, particularly. <laughs> okay, so then the last thing we would talk about is uh, something that we actually were discussing as a potential top. generational diversity. Something near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah, Josh. both of ours. The both of the both of ours. So, age, millennials. What am I? Boomer. Boomers, yeah. oh, yeah, millennials, boomer. Generation yeah. Xs and Zers. Yeah, and things like that. And yes, that that is a an aspect of diversity. And we were debating whether to talk about it or not. Yeah. So, and like, just pay attention to it. And there's real value in having diversity in all directions across your your team and your company. So that's a that's a huge thing that maybe we'll talk about someday. Maybe people will hear this and say like, yes, please talk about that. Or like, no, whatever. So if you have thoughts and ideas on that topic, let us know on Twitter or Discord links below. I'd love to hear people who are, there's folks who pivot late in their careers. They have a second career or a third career or something. Mm -hmm. And so they, they might be, you know, at, at an advanced age, but they're an entry level. Yeah. Right. And I hear, I hear a lot, you know, online, I'm a member of um, AARP and things yep. like that. No cracks. I uh, get letters from them all the time. Well, I'm a, I, I'm a I am a member and <laughs> okay. I get the discounts. But the, the point is there's a, there's age discrimination yep. out there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of age discrimination yep. Yep. and that's something that I want you all to think about. It's like give, Give folks opportunities and merit. So are you seeing, you could tell us stories about that or think about that. And what are we doing? What are we doing about creating more blended sort of age groups in our, in our teams, Absolutely. in our organizations? Yep. All right. Back to the episode. Back to the episode. What else in the balance? Do you, anything else strike? Let's, let's talk about the other way. We've talked about more, more broadly when, when we lean towards the team. Yeah. So let's talk about the other side when people have a tendency to lead, lean towards leadership and then don't provide the balance, the reciprocity in the other direction. Well, so, some indications of that, and it, I'll, just, I'll just dive into planning. It's like whip limit, mm -hmm. excessive whip limit. Right. We have to do, you have to do this. Yes. Right. And, and it's, you know, so you have to add this to a team. Yeah. So you are unwilling to do that. You're unwilling to do Ruthless prioritization and yeah. really have a stacked ranked and i think you're right the point or the common identifier will be there are five number one items i i always i always think of it as being laziness mm -hmm. on the part of leaders like they're they're lazy or and or fearful of just making a priority call or accepting the limit, the capacity limitation that their teams are screaming, right? right? And coming up with, I mean, it's it requires discipline to order your top five. Mm -hmm. it, it requires, and you do, I'm sure you do this. Mm -hmm. There's analysis, like number, it's not just number one because you say so 
hopefully there's an ROI behind it. There's a market behind it. Mm -hmm. There's a strategy behind it, right? There's, there's rationale behind one. I see so many folks on the, on the two skewed. So you're thinking of your team when you're bringing the thoughtfulness and the Mm -hmm. discipline to it, when you just do it because I say so, when you pull that out of your butt Mm -hmm. and there's 10 things you just got to work on them. There's a, there's a, there's a lack of discipline to that. There's a lack of leadership to that. Yeah. The, the expectation I have for all of the product managers is that they get it to the point where prioritization just smacks you in the face and like no one can argue with it because you just put the facts in front of people and like logical members of the team will go, yep, that's clearly the right thing to do. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, that's one thing leaning on the leaning side that I think really affects like getting the right balance and you you need to pass some pressure right right priority to the team is is necessary and some business i mean we're you know there's comp- there's competitive landscape so pass some of that pressure to the team but do your do your part I'm trying to think of what else on that side i mean to me a common thing is unvetted customer commitments so i'm sure many oh, of us I'm have with, all you. Yeah. have all been in a place where there's this one salesperson that seems to get this free pass because they get all the big deals. And, but in order to get the big deals, they choose to make a unvalidated, unvetted commitment to that customer that something will be built by X date with zero understanding of ramifications to existing work yeah. that's in flight. Yeah. And so then that comes from up above and it's like hey this thing like you'll have this plan that you're working on to deliver x y and z well we're not going to give you a through m of things we have to do for this one customer and sorry and we've already committed it yep we have a contract in place yep Yep. right yep we've signed the contract or a variation on that theme and i'm hearing it more in the last few years i mean i heard it for a while it seemed to go away is like regulatory concerns. Mm-hmm. Like if we're doing tax software, right? Well, tax season is coming up. So inevitably we have no choice. We just have to suck it up. I'm sure this happens in the gaming industry yeah, because yep, yep, yep. games have targets, right? Holiday targets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's like, well, you know, Christmas is three weeks away <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And you just have to, you know, you won't ever see your family again yeah. for the next three weeks. But I don't, I don't buy that, that regulatory. That's not a license to just shove crap at your team. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's okay. You have regular, right. the plan for the regulatory concerns, create space for the regulatory concerns. Mm-hmm. Right. Or accept that something else is not going to get done. Well, that's the other thing. I, you know, there's, it's always additive. There's always this additive view. So the additive view is you know just keep shoving stuff into and you know more what more sausage into the casing oh jeez <laughs> I mean, it's an it's an homage to 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 cleveland and no sure, or to yeah, the, yeah. But, so but it's you know it's like yes yeah. we can shove something in but what is the, it goes back to like leading and decision making i've always what you know what are we willing to take away? And what's the impact of even making that decision? Right. right. What's the multitasking impact that we have to mitigate? Mm-hmm. What, what, what needs to be, what's the trade-off, what has to be pulled out, and what's the time frame to right. make that swap? And are we willing, from a business point of view, right. are we willing, does that make sense? 
And if it does, you know, I, at eye contact, I, I know I always say this, but and I, I used to do this, I think. And I in my coaching, I, I share it with folks and folks look at me like I have three heads, but I'm like, all estimates come from the team. Mm -hmm. So I, I not at the very beginning, at the very beginning, I didn't have predictable sort of, you know, estimates and things. So I, I had to make some commitments as a leader. But the minute the organization had some predictability and I could sort of manage that, I would, I never, ever. So I, I trained the leadership team, like you will never, ever sign a contract or commit to something to, without talking to me. And I will never make a commitment unless I talk to the team mm -hmm. or the people doing the work to validate the swap and right, the impact right. and things like that. And I really, that was something that I, I did. Now, I didn't talk to, you know, I didn't get 100 people in a room and ask everyone, how do you feel? But you know, could everyone throw story points? Right, or yeah, this stuff? Yeah. But I talked to teams mm -hmm. and representations of the teams to make sure. And it, and it always, it always gave me more clarity mm -hmm. than I could have come up with on right. my own. Yep. And it was always negative or positive, negative, longer time clarity. Yeah which could be viewed as positive or negative, yeah. depending on your view. Yeah. But I, and I was so thankful. And folks looked at me like I was like a weak leader, or I was silly, or I was chained to the teams. Like, right, they, they, the inmates were running the yeah. asylum, but yeah. I didn't really care. It was vetted with the team. Yep. yep. Are you the, do you? I, I, I've had to move on from jobs. A classic one at Teradata was we had to review estimates with the VP. Oh, I re yeah. You remember that, yeah. right? So all of all of the estimates for the upcoming who knows how freaking long had to be reviewed slash approved slash changed by by the vice president that we all worked for, and so we would go in his office and just get grilled. And there was one size that he felt was too large, and he asked me what I thought the size should be, and I said it should be what the team says it is. Oh, I'm sure that would. Oh, dang! It didn't this go is, well. So this is an imbalance yeah, right, situation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It did not go well, and there was an edict laid upon me that I needed to be able to size all of this work better than the teams. And I just said that's impossible because they work on it every day. Yeah, they're in the code every day. There's no way for me or you to actually know better. It might not be the answer either right. of us once, but that's the answer and guess what that's their freaking job yeah right? we've hired that that is what they do right yeah. did you leave over that i that, did that was that was the sliding yeah that yeah. was one of the nails that went in the coffin it wasn't like the final one but it was it was a part of the it was part of the nails it it's it's one of the it's an indication of that yeah. imbalance right? right exactly it gave me like oh okay that's how we're rolling all right <laughs> You know, so well, I mean, using it as an example, though, you know, why do why, you know, medications do we get? There's pressure and some people yeah. have to succumb to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Josh, that made it may have been a nail in the coffin and he had the ability to leave some people. There's there were probably leaders, peers of yours there mm -hmm. that succumbed to that. Well, and they were like, Josh, you should not do that. Exactly. You just need to tell. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Just like. You know, it's like the penguins in, I think, the Madagascar movies just, like, smile and wave. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What about any other... I'm trying to think of... 
squeezing any more juice out of this lemon. What do you think? I, I, I felt like we juiced it pretty well. We juiced it pretty well. Yeah. I think maybe Medicaid's the way to wrap it is to, I think from an action perspective, listen to this Medicast, get quiet with yourself, whatever your role is, and almost look at it as like a, a gauge on your car dash and say, are we leaning towards the team? Mm -hmm. Are we in the middle most of the time? Are we leaning towards leaders? Be reflective. And, and the reason we're talking about it is my feeling is most or, you know, 80% or more organizations are either too heavily gassed towards the team or towards the leaders. Yeah. And there's, there's not a lot who are capturing the right balance. Right. Because it's almost like you have to pull. If you're leaning towards the teams, you have to pull towards leaders, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. Or if you're leaning into leadership, you have to pull towards the team, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the visual I have is it's a pendulum, and the more you swing to one side, the more you have to swing to the other. Yeah. And ultimately, you'll get to a point where like, the pendulum might just like wiggle, yeah. but that's it. But that takes a lot of time, a lot of maturity within the organization, a lot of maturity within the teams, a lot of maturity within you right but that's your aspirational goal is that it just kind of wiggles as opposed to wild swings in both directions and likely what's happening is you have this wild swing to one side and it just stays there but for the natural balance of the universe you gotta let it swing back the other way or else something's gonna break i actually don't think you achieve so if our goal if your goal is to swing one way or the other and say you're agile but not get the, so go, bust your butt, but not get the results, the return on investment. Then I think swinging one way or the other, do whatever you want. But if you really want to get the bang for the buck, which you should be because it's you're you're going through the effort anyway, then I think the middle is the bang for the buck area. Mm -hmm. right? right, that that's the place where you get the results. Yep. The other the other two extremes might it might feel good. But you're not you're not generating you're either starving the team or you're starving leaders. Yeah. And I think both of those are failure propositions from my point of view. Yeah. Midterm, long term failure propositions. Yep. So so seek the middle. Yeah, I like it. All right. So from beautiful downtown Fuquay Verena, yeah. North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all. Okay. <laughs>